We've been talking about renewing our mind, tearing down negative strongholds, building new strongholds. We've been talking about our, our, what we're listening to and what we're feeding on and how it's affecting our mind. All of these messages are online. They're free on YouTube. They're free on our audio podcast. You can either watch it on YouTube or listen to it on our podcast. We don't sell sermons. We give them away for free. So go avail yourself to all of that and uh, get more of the Word of God in you. Today we're going to start in John chapter 8, verse 31. Look what this says. To the Jews who believed in him. Now let me just stop for a second. Uh, let me find out if I'm preaching to the right people. Any believers in the house? Make a little noise. Come on, can I hear from you? You're a believer. All right. That's probably the last time you're going to cheer during this sermon. So I just wanted you to do it so you felt better because it's going to get quiet. We've been pastoring this church now. As I said, we started it three years ago. I think this will go down as the quietest message in our short history because it's going to be challenging. So if you feel challenged, just know everyone around you also feels challenged. If you feel uncomfortable, I'm a human too. So we all feel uncomfortable. Okay, here we go. Because I don't like preaching in a quiet room either, but this one, this one's going to get in our business today. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, he said to believers, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So let's pause for a moment. Jesus is inviting believers to become disciples. I just want you to, I want you to see the context here. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here's the next layer. He's calling believers to become disciples so that they can be free. Okay. But they didn't like this. You're like, how did they not like it? Well, look what they said. We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be free? Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now I have, um, and now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now I know that you're Abraham's descendants. In other words, I know that you're the Jewish people. I get it. I, I get that Abraham is your patriarch. Yet you are looking for a way to kill me. Think about this. You, you hate my message, man. Because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my father's presence. And you are doing what you've heard from your father. Okay, we're not going to read it for the sake of time. Jesus is about to tell them that their father is the devil. Good morning. So glad you're here for church. So glad you're here to celebrate your friend's baptism. Okay? So Jesus goes, you, you think you're in because of your ethnicity. But the reality is you're more like the devil. In other words, God doesn't have influence over you. The devil has influence over you. Okay? Now I'm just setting you up here before I get into the text. Abraham is our father, they said. I go to church. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Jesus said, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. 
So Jesus is now inviting believers into discipleship, into freedom. And this was a very challenging conversation, and today will be a pretty challenging conversation. But it's going to be so good for your soul. And so I want to ask you to open your heart. I want to preach from this subject, requirements for freedom. Requirements for freedom. Holy Spirit, I do pray that you would give us the grace to hear your word, to be open to your word and to be changed and transformed by your word. Your word is life. Your word is eternal. Your word has the power to change us from the inside out. So we are making room for your word right now. Speak, I pray in Jesus' name. And the whole church said amen. Amen Amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Um, John chapter 8, the chapter we're in, starts with maybe the most famous scripture in America. It begins with a woman who was caught in adultery and the religious leaders of the day bring this woman to Jesus and say that the law has said we can stone her for her adultery. What do you say? At this point, Jesus reaches down into the ground. He begins to write in the sand. And the Bible says from oldest to youngest, they begin to leave. Now, the question is, what did he write? We don't know for sure, but most scholars believe he began to write their names and their sin. And the older guys who were a little smarter literally began to read their name in the dirt and went, okay, we out, we out, we out of here. (laughs) He then stoops up and says, Maybe the most famous text in America. He who has no sin casts the first stone. And we love that scripture. We love John 8 verse 7. We love it. We hear it and we just go, yes! Not yes with an E, with an A. Yes! How dare you judge me? How, God is my judge. Let him who has no sin, let them cast the first stone. I want to tell you, I love John 8, 7. There's just a whole lot more after verse 7. John 8 doesn't end with seven verses. And a lot of times we get stuck at a verse we like while ignoring the verses that we don't like. My daughter loves this little store called Build-A-Bear where she gets to custom make her own little bear. And I think, sadly, for a lot of American Christians, we love Build-A-Jesus. And we like to make the Jesus. We, I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, I love the love. I love love. Love. God is love. And we, and we love verse 7. John chapter 8, verse 7 is almost on every American Christian's Build-A-Jesus. But it it goes further, and it's good for us that it goes further. See, because Jesus would look at this woman and go, I don't condemn you. Wow, good news. This is called grace. We all need it. We all deserve wrath. We all deserve judgment. We all deserve death. But Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Oh, this is good news. And if you've never been to church before, you've never heard this message, you just got to know that this is how the conversation with Jesus always starts. I don't condemn you. I'm dropping the stone. I'm not throwing the stone. I have something amazing for you. And he looks at the woman and he gives her grace. I don't condemn you. 
But again, we like to stop there. He then gives her truth. Now go and sin no more. And a lot of us love grace, but we don't love truth. But grace without truth will lead to the repetition of the very sin that is destroying your life. And a lot of us love to hear, he will not condemn me. He dropped the stone. And, and by the way, we're not a stone-throwing church. If you're here with a friend today, we don't throw stones around here. We, we love everybody for real. But a lot of times we like to end with, we like to end with this, I don't condemn you. We want to end there. But then he goes on to say, but, but don't sin anymore. Or you're just going to end up in the same destructive cycles that are going to lead you right back to moments like this that are going to destroy your soul. They're going to destroy your future. They're going to destroy your life. And so God's call to the believer is grace and truth. John chapter 1 said Jesus is full of grace and truth. See, God loves you just as you are. Never forget it. He just loves you too much to let you stay that way. (laughs) So he gives us grace and truth. And see, these believers in John 8, they they were John 8, 7 believers. They loved that Jesus. They loved the Jesus that protected the woman, forgave the woman. And they loved the Jesus that, you know, pushed back on on the religious elite. They loved that. And I love that. But Jesus loved them so much that he said, I don't want to limit you. To just that, I want to call you into freedom. See, I know so many people that are Christians, they're going to heaven, but they live like hell, they think like hell, they feel like hell, they, they are constantly bombarded by hell. I mean, they're going to heaven, but their life is in shambles. And Jesus gives us an invitation in Matthew 6. He said, you can pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. You can experience on earth as it is in heaven. That you don't have to just go to heaven, you can bring heaven. You don't have to just go to heaven, you can invite heaven. You don't have to just go to heaven, you can experience heaven. You can experience the freedom God has for you. But watch me, this freedom is on the other side, not of belief, but of discipleship. All right, I got one more clap. That's that's one more than I got in the first two services. So I'm batting at a thousand right now. This is good. So this is, this is challenging. You go, why is it challenging? Well, they didn't like it. And I think as I share today, you might not, you might kind of resist it. And I want to ask you to open your heart to it because freedom is possible, but freedom isn't cheap. Freedom is possible, but freedom has some requirements attached. Freedom is possible, but freedom is, is going to call you to a higher place than God. And I want to give you three things that I see in the text today that will lead to freedom. And this is where I want, I want you free from addiction, free from secrets, free from destructive cycles, free from fear, free from the, from the oppression of your mind. I want you free. I want you free from being bound to those things. I, I want you free. And I think there's some things in the text that will that will lead us to that. Here's the first one. You have to admit your issue. And when I say admit, I don't just mean talk about it. I mean admit it to God 
and come into agreement with what God says about it. See, this is a current group of people that we just read about in John 8. They look at Jesus and they say, we have never been a slave to anyone. Um, How about Egypt? How about the Assyrians? How about the Philistines? How about the Babylonians? Oh, oh, how about the fact that they were currently under Roman occupation? (laughs) We're free. No, you're not. The person on, on your money is Caesar, bro. You're, you're, you're bound. You do what Rome tells you to do. Even in the moment, they could not admit and get real about the issues. It is a group of people that are under Roman occupation looking at Jesus saying, we're free and we've always been free. You're never going to get free until you can admit that you need freedom. God can do so much with an honest heart. Now, now, see, this room is split in two ways, though, because we have the older generation. What's old? I don't know. Old is if you got out of bed this morning and your knees cracked, you probably all, hey, man, mine did. I stood up and went, oh, okay. That happened. That's real life. So we, we have the older and we have the younger. Now, the older usually they just deny anything. You know, they have no issues. They just, nope, no, everything's good. They just don't talk about nothing. They just, they just deny all issues. The younger generation, Gen Z, y'all, y'all too in love with your issues. I just want to be real with you. You're, I don't know the last time I talked to a 21-year-old that didn't tell me they were OCD. I'm like, not everybody's OCD. They'll wipe condensation off their drink and be like, I'm just totally OCD. I just, just, I don't know. Probably not. Y'all love your issues. So we've got the older that won't even admit. And we've got the younger that are putting everything on TikTok and everything on Instagram. It's like, TMI. Neither are leading to freedom. Because we have one in total denial. We have one who's proud of it. And where we need to get is to admission. What do I mean by that? I mean bringing every issue that is holding me back to the feet of Jesus. I'm not denying it. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not lying about it. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm not acting like it doesn't exist, but I'm also not glamorizing it. I'm, if, if you can ever get there, you can get free. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that we are to confess our sins to God. He is faithful, he's just, and will forgive us of our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay, this word confess does not mean go talk to me or go talk to a priest or come down to the front. Maybe you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you go down to the altar, and you cry. That's not confess. This word confess means say the same thing. Say the same thing. That means that when you go to God, you get real. And when you go to God, watch me, you agree with God. So you don't, you don't say, well, God, you know, I know you said it's a sin, but it's like my, you know, I got an issue. It's a sin. If, it's, if he says it's a sin, it's a sin. You, got, you can't, you're never going to get free going to God, lying to God. You're never going to go to God and get free disagreeing with God. 
You're going to get free when you go, okay, God, you said it, I believe it. You call it that, I call it that. You say it's hurting me, I say it's hurting me. You call it a sin, I call it a sin. But we, we glamorize stuff now. So we call adultery an affair. It was an affair. No, an affair is going out for dinner with friends. That's an affair. We're going to go have an affair. God called it adultery. He called it stepping out of your covenant. And, and you're not going to get free by going, Lord, I had an affair. Now, I'm not beating you up. I'm just saying, if you're going to get real, you better get real with God. If you've got an issue with anger, you need to go to God and say, Lord, you said in my anger, do not sin. I am sinning. And I don't, I don't want this. I'm intimidating my family. I'm intimidating my co-workers. This is wrong. Not, well, Lord, I'm Mexican, so you know we get fired up. I am Mexican, by the way, in case. I'm also white, so I can also say there were some white people that just got offended. Like, oh, my God, did he just? Yeah, I'm both. But right, I can't do that. I got to say, Lord, I've got an issue. And you call it an issue, so I, call, I don't define it. You define it. And if you said it's an issue, it's an issue. So you got to see it. You're only going to get free when you get in agreement. So God said, how can two walk together unless they agree? And I know so many people who go to prayer and disagree with God and then wonder why there's no breakthrough. There's no breakthrough because they go to God and disagree with God for 30 minutes and they leave and they go, why isn't God? God's going, we didn't agree to anything. Psalm 133 says that how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. How can we be unified if we're disagreeing? By the way, who's our brethren? Well, it's not just us. It's our older brother. Romans chapter 8 says Jesus is our elder brother. If you're not agreeing with Jesus, we definitely are not going to agree. And we're calling a church to be unified, but we haven't even been unified with Jesus yet. How are we going to agree if we don't agree? We're calling the church to unity in our nation, but we have not called our churches to repentance. And you don't get unity without repentance. And again, I'm not talking about boo-hoo, come to the altar, adios mio. I'm talking about, God, if you said it, I agree, I submit, I say what you say, and then there's freedom. I'm talking about you got to admit the issue. I'm talking about this is how you get really free. You get free when you start agreeing with God in prayer. I'm a preacher, and so my friends are preachers, and 2020 was really hard on preachers. And I lost so many friends in the ministry to just terrible things. And... A lot of guys that started in the ministry at the beginning of 2020 are not in ministry now. And some of them are really trying to get back on track and some have just completely lost their way. But I have one buddy who, he's, he's, he is working on his marriage. He wants to get back in ministry. He, and he's, he's really doing good right now. Um, he, he did have, um, he did commit adultery and he's working through that with his wife and they're, they're trying but I asked this question to him. I, I said, 
I said, I know that you're saying you want to get better. I'm, I know you're saying you want to work on your marriage. I, I know you're saying you want to, you know, you don't want to do that again. You're on fire for God. You're, you know, you're back in love with Jesus. I, I said, I get all that. And I said, so great. I said, but I said, I just have to warn you as a brother, if there is any excuse left in your heart for why you did what you did, you will repeat what you did. So if it's, I know it was wrong, but my wife's crazy. Oh. Well, I know it was wrong, but it was a really stressful year. Well, I know it was, but COVID. Well, I know, but a lot was going on. If, if there's a but connected to your admission of guilt, it's not repentance. I'm not saying you're a bad person or that he's a bad person. What I am saying is, though, those excuses will keep coming around because there will be another stressful season. There will be another season where you and your wife aren't connecting well. There will be another season where life and ministry is stressful. And if those were your reasons for why you did what you did, you will repeat. But if you could ever agree with God and say, I was wrong. If If you could ever get to Psalm 51 and say, against you and you alone have I sinned. So I have to see all of these opportunities and all of these excuses to do destructive things. I have to see them as my enemy. Because if I don't see them as my enemy, they will be my excuse. And if, and trust me, you will always find an excuse to screw up your life. And some of you are more offended that I said screw than you are hearing what I just said. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. We, I, hope I'm, I hope we're tracking. Because I can, I can do destructive things too if I let myself. So I have to see them as in, I have to admit my issue. I have to come into agreement with God's word. We're talking about requirements for freedom. Number two, you got to ask for help. I just want you to know you're in a safe church where you can ask for help. Now, this is a key part of our church called small groups. Our mission is for people to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Finding freedom, we believe, happens in the context of small groups. When I say ask for help, I'm not saying that you should go to a small group next week and in front of 10 strangers, just let it all out, okay? I'm not saying that because that'd be really awkward. A lot of you don't go to small groups because you're afraid of that moment. You're so afraid of that moment that you're like, I'm just going to do Sundays, because you don't want to have an awkward moment around a living room with a stranger. So that, that's not what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you to do is get in a small group and start to build friendships. So that eventually you can find some friends in church who are like-minded and also love God that you can start talking to. You've got to have somebody you can call. You've got to have somebody you can open up with. You've got to have somebody that will pray for you. Look what James chapter 5, verse 16 says. It says, um, 
excuse me, yeah, James chapter 5, 16, next verse, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Just leave that up for a moment. Confess your sins to each other, not to a priest, not to a pastor. Don't go find me after service and tell me all the junk in your trunk, okay? Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, find community where you have someone to talk to. Now, this word sin is not just some crazy, big, evil word. It literally means to wander from God. If you could ever confess your wandering, I think it would stop you from destructive behavior. Is this mic still on? We still talking here? Okay, we okay? I told you it's going to get quiet. Here's what I mean. It means if you could ever have a friend that before you do something crazy, you go, I've been wandering. I'm not in the word like I should be. I'm not, I'm not praying like I should be. I'm, I'm feeling, I feel like I'm wandering from my spouse. I feel like I'm wandering from my call. I feel like, I feel like I'm distracted. I feel like, and I, I'm just kind of wandering. If you confess that, and a lot of times when we're in a wandering season, we go, ah, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Ah, oh, it's not that, I don't want to over-exaggerate. If you could ever stop it there and confess there and get prayer there, it would stop you from walking through a door of destruction. So I don't deal with a lot of big, evil sins in my life. I don't, I'm, but let me tell you what I do do. I have about five guys in my life, dear friends, men of God, that I can call when I'm wandering. And I can go, I feel like my heart's getting cold. I feel like I don't love my church like I need to love my church. I, I feel like Shannon and I are not connecting. I'm, I just feel like wander. I'm, I go to pray and I don't feel like praying right now. I just, all I want to do is golf and eat Doritos. Come on, somebody. I feel like I'm wandering. <laughs> too real (laughs) and if I can confess there and go pray for me I need you to fly out here I need someone to talk to I'm gonna go fly out and be with you I got I got if you can get if you can stop it at the wandering and you need to have people like this in your life so here's what here's what it looks like you go to small group and you act like everything's cool because you don't know these people so you're in the living room and they go, how are you doing? Good, 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 super good, 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 great. Honestly, best I've ever been doing. God. Any prayer requests? Yeah, I just have like an unspoken, like just pray, general prayer. Good, good, good. And then small group ends and, and you walk outside and it's Chris and I, we're walking out to the car and I go, hey, Chris. You know, I just said I'm good. Yeah. I'm not good. (laughs) And in that moment, you pray. Can we put the scripture back up? And in that moment, I'm healed. And in that moment, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, I go to God for forgiveness, but I have to go to you for healing. I go to God for forgiveness, but I have to go to my brother for healing. 
I go to God for forgiveness, but I go to you and I go, I'm not good. I'm wandering. My heart is cold. It's been a crazy year. So much, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm anxious. I'm, what, I'm jealous. I'm insecure. Whatever, whatever it is. And in the wandering, there's a breakthrough. And in the wandering, we bring you back. And in the wandering, we go, no, 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 we're going to pray right now. I'm not going to just tell you, yo, bro, praying for you. No, 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 right now, let's pray right now. And there is power in that moment. I'm not asking you to go confess to a stranger. I'm not asking you to go out to the parking lot and find someone with a name tag and tell them your whole business. I'm telling you, this is why we need community. So we have someone we can talk to. Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Lastly, allow room for the word. Jesus said, guys, you, you believe in me. <laughs> this is wild. And you want to kill me. You're hot and cold, man. Like, you, you, there's certain parts of my ministry that you really love, but you don't like this. And he goes, let me tell you why. And we can have the, the keys come up. Verse 37, because you have no room for my word. You're not making room for my word. And because you're not making room for my word, you are resistant of my lordship. Because there is no room for my word, you are resistant to my lordship. You love me as Savior, but you are resistant of me as Lord. We can all be here. It's okay. And it's okay if you're there right now. Just remember 25 minutes ago when I said, where are all the believers at? And you were like, yeah! Just remember. That's where we started. And we're still there. I love you. God loves you. He's just calling you to, he's calling you to something deeper. He's calling you to freedom. Free from sin, free from shame, free from your past, free from secrets, free from addiction, free from fear, free from worry, free from anxiety, free from jealousy, free from hatred, free from unforgiveness. You can be free, but you're going to have to make room for it. Make room in your schedule. Now I'm preaching to the choir. You're here, but you got to be in church. You got to be in church. You got to be in church. I don't know how to say it. You got to be in church. You got to make room every day. Like every day? Sure, every day. Why not? Every day where you open the scriptures. I don't, I can't do it. Then you go get the Bible app and you listen to the scriptures. You got this Bible right here. It's called the Holy Bible. It's the U version. Jabin, I don't like to read. Cool. So then you just go like this. And you find the translation of your choice. NIV, turn up. And you, and, and you find it and you go to Isaiah. And you hit play. Comfort for God's people. Comfort. And you listen Comfort to the word. My people, says your God. Speak tender. And you do that in the car. So you don't get in the car driving to work listening to 
WAP. Wondering why, I wonder why I'm dealing with lust and anger. I didn't say it. I, oh, like y'all didn't. Oh, y'all are so oversly spiritual. And you wonder why your mind is jacked up and you wonder why you curse and you wonder why you got unclean thoughts. I was golfing with some guys in our church recently and they just had a playlist going on in the car and that song, not in the car, in the golf cart, and that song came on. I was frozen. I'd never heard it. Y'all know I'm a boomer. Y'all know I don't listen to this foul music. I just... What to do? And my guy came running over. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my. Grabbed the Bluetooth. Ah! I was like, Did I just hear what I? That's the song. That's the virals. That's what people listen to. No wonder you all jacked up, dog. Oh my gosh! I was I, I was all freaked out. Pastor, I'm sorry, he was just on the playlist. I don't know. I, don't, I, I said, put on some worship. I got I to praise my way through that image. I said, play the Bible app, King James. I need some these and some thous. I need some Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit ain't going to cut it. I need some ghosts. I usually don't know if the song, if you say it or spell it. But anyway, that's the, oh my Lord. Don't you love that your pastor is just an old Christian guy that just, I'm just a nerd. You you want, by the way, let me just say this. You want a biblically conservative pastor who just really loves God and loves his wife. I just want to tell you that. So if, I, if, if you come here sometimes and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. That's not like our culture. That's not like what people are saying. Good, that's what you want. you want. You want me to be different. I promise you that. Because when you're going through hell, you better find a place that will pray for you and that has power and that has the anointing. And you don't get the anointing by listening. <laughs> Moving on. And you, and you make room for the word. Make room for the word. But, but watch this. He goes, he goes, you haven't made room for the word. These were people that knew the Bible. They were highly religious, very devout. He, he would go on in Matthew 22, verse 29, and tell the Pharisees of the day, you don't know the scriptures he was talking to men that had the first five books of the bible memorized not the names not genesis exodus of any the actual books of the bible memorized they also had psalms memorized and they would have had the prophets memorized like isaiah like 61 62 chapters of isaiah memorized and he goes you guys don't know the bible because they made the Bible about themselves. Because they used the Bible as a weapon to harm people instead of an agent of healing to help people. They, they made themselves the star of the Bible. 
when this book ain't about you, it's about Jesus. They use the Bible as a way to improve their life, but not change their life. And we're guilty of it, y'all. We in America, so you know what we do? We find scriptures that inspire us and ignore scriptures that transform us. And Jesus said, no, no, you got to make room for the whole book. <laughs> Be inspired for, for sure. So much great, so many great promises. So many, of course, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the word transform you. Because if you don't let the word transform you, you will transform the word. And you will make it say what you want it to say. We will be guilty of what Billy Graham said when he said humans were created in God's image but the temptation is to create God in our image. Making room for the word. Here's how I like to say it. You're yielding to the word. Holy Spirit, you have the right of way. Jesus, you... Whatever you say goes, I'm yielding to the word. There's freedom in that. You can't, I just want to tell you, you can't be a disciple of Jesus and the leader. Just can't. Disciple means student. Disciple means learned one. Disciple means a disciplined learner. I can't be a disciple and be the leader of the relationship. <laughs> By being the disciple, I'm surrendering. I don't just want Jesus to be my Savior. Oh, that's good. I want him to be my Lord. Let me tell you why people are about to get baptized. I'm about to release them to be baptized. Let me tell you why. Because they're making the decision. I'm ready for him to be Lord. And there is freedom in discipleship. And his truth will set you free. What does this look like practically? It just, you give time to the word, you give time to prayer, you give time, you make room for God. You literally make room for him in your schedule. You literally make room for him in your life. And you watch how God will begin to transform your life.